Chapter 22 of A Year's Prayer Meeting Talks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jordan Nash. A Year's Prayer Meeting Talks by Lewis Albert Banks. Chapter 22 The Art of Receiving Good Advice. 1 Samuel 25 26 through 33. David had been insulted by a man named Nabal, and in his anger had determined to take vengeance into his own hands. As he was marching to punish the churlish old rancher, he met Abigail, the wife of Nabal, who came to meet him on the way and reasoned with him in regard to his proposed vengeance. She urges upon him that, while his anger at Nabal is certainly justifiable, it is unworthy of a man whom God has ordained to so great a career as that promised to David to stain his hands with blood and a quarrel with so insignificant and mean a man as Nabal. And she draws a picture of the days that are to come, when all the enemies that stand against David shall be overthrown, and he shall have come into his kingdom. Then, says this wise woman in substance, When you have come into your own, and reign in undisputed sway over the land, how much happier you will be to remember that in these trying years of adversity you were kind and forbearing, and refused to wreak vengeance by your own hand. One of the greatest characteristics of David, and one of the greatest reasons of his prosperity in life, was that he was a man who could be advised. He was impulsive, and sometimes overcome by temptation, but he was never mulish or stubborn in a bad path. So, instead of gritting his teeth like a fool, and going on to his folly, whether or no, David listened to what she had to say and being convinced that the course marked out by her was the wiser, he frankly admitted it, and said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which sent thee this day to meet me. And blessed be thy advice, and blessed be thou, which has kept me this day from coming to shed blood, and from avenging myself with mine own hand. It is a characteristic of great souls that they are easily advised. The greater the man, the greater his willingness to learn, the greater his desire to know all the facts in the case, and to come to a wise conclusion concerning them. Whenever you see a man who thinks he knows it all, and is too wise to learn from anyone, unless it is someone in a higher position than himself, you may be sure that however great he may be in some ways, you have in that self-sufficient wisdom an indication of narrowness. We should always be ready and quick to learn from any source. It is, however, very important to choose carefully our advisors. No one in this world is wise enough to go alone without advice. Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived, and yet he says, with the well-advised is wisdom. Often, 
when a man is running for a great office. People take into account who his advisers will be if he comes into the position. His conduct, it is understood, will largely depend upon his advisers. The greatest interest is always taken in the choosing of a cabinet by a king or a president. For upon the advice of these counselors, the conduct of the ruler of the nation will largely depend. Our individual lives are much like that. Every one of us has a cabinet of advisors, though we may be all unconscious of it. Now the Christian idea of living is that Jesus Christ should be the prime minister, the chief counselor in every Christian life. One of the names given to Christ in prophecy was that of Counselor, and we should take him as the Counselor and Advisor Supreme in our daily lives. How simple and straightforward was the advice which Jesus gave to some of the people who talked with him when he lived in human form here on the earth. Take his advice about greed and anxiety to lay hold upon everything within reach and to worry about it when riches did not come rapidly. How he pointed his friends to the growing lilies, with their beauty and their perfume, to the birds gathering their food with each morning's bounty. And he said to them, God takes care of these, and certainly they are not his creatures more than you are. God is more interested in you his children, than he is in birds and flowers. Go on, then, about your work. Seek first to be good and do your duty. And God will take care of these incidental things. No one has ever given such good advice in regard to the great fact that possession is not necessary in order to get happiness out of the good things of life. Hear Jesus giving advice one day. A man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. We are always being tempted to think we can never be happy unless we can get into our possession whatever charms or attracts us. But Christ taught that joy and blessings from God's good gifts come to the heart that is right and true, and the soul that is open to receive, often without possession. You do not need to pluck every flower you see and put it in a vase in order to enjoy it. You ought to be thankful that other people take care of the grounds where some of the trees spread their shade and some of the flowers bloom whose beauty and fragrance refresh your soul day by day. If we cannot possess the things that are beautiful and attractive to us, let us thank God that we are able to appreciate them and rejoice in the beauty that gives us gladness. There are people who spoil all the joys of friendship through jealousy about their friends. How much wiser to revel in the sweet gift of God in our friend, and rejoice that our friend is great enough to give helpfulness and blessings to other souls as well as to us. Indeed, Christ's great advice about life is that character and not conditions make or unmake our happiness. It is a great lesson, and we need Jesus to walk with us day by day and impress his divine advice upon our hearts. 
if we will accept his counsel christ will lead us and inspire and comfort us to the end david said to god thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory so if we open our hearts to christ in friendship and are sensitive to listen to his advice he will guide us safely through life's toil and struggle through dark days and bright days to old age and beyond it to the heaven that is to be the secret of immortal youth is to live in this council and fellowship with christ who came that we might have life and have it more abundantly whittier the christ-loving quaker poet when close to the end in those days when he was burning driftwood but found the fire warm enough to keep his heart young wrote his last poem to oliver wendell holmes in which he said far off and faint as the echoes of a dream the songs of boyhood seem yet on our autumn boughs unflown with spring the evening thrushes sing the hour draws near however delayed and late when at the eternal gate we leave the words and works we call our own and lift void hands alone for love to fill our nakedness of soul brings to that gate no toll giftless we come to him who all things gives and live because he lives end of chapter 22